it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who came to work, everybody. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do. From the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never been stuck in an elevator on the way to the studio. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, I am back in action, ready to give you some top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. And yes, that race to the bottom seems to be using performance-enhancing drugs. They are picking up speed in Washington. We're going to get into all of it at 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910 if you want your voice heard in what is aptly described as an audio safe space for cool people. We don't care if you're a Republican. We don't care if you're a Democrat. Just be cool about it. That's all you got to do. It's the only rule of the show. Just don't, don't, do not, under any circumstances, be a Lord knows we've got plenty of them in Washington right now. Uh, Big, big Tuesday episode of the show. I just got off the set with Dagan McDowell. She was hosting the Faulkner Focus. We will post clips uh, on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. You can also see clips from last night's Gutfeld, uh, hosted by Kat Timpf, myself on the panel. We did a phenomenal job. Wrong. Oh, come on. Tough crowd today. People are peppy because our producer, Mikey, is back from Hawaii. Mikey, really quick, good to see you, man. Um, you look better than I thought you would look. If I was in Hawaii for eight days, I'm coming back with a neck tattoo, a couple of gold teeth. Is the secret sauce to surviving vacation bringing your parents? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's still plenty of drinking. I'm not going to lie. Mikey! Yeah. <laughs> All right, just really quick. On a scale of one to Tampa, how drunk were you? Ooh, the night of the luau, maybe uh, it got close to a Tampa. Were you maybe Ybor City? You were not quite Tampa, but Ybor City, would you say? Yeah, Ybor City, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a St. Petersburg. <laughs> Mikey, was a, Mikey was a mess uh, in Tampa, especially uh, when he wandered off the reservation and, and ended up in a strip club. Hubba, hubba. Uh, but we're not here to talk about Mikey today. We've got a lot on our mind. Uh, first and foremost is a bombshell. Oh, a bombshell report. Out of the New York Times that is once again anonymously sourced. You remember the Mueller probe where every single day we had a new walls are closing in moment on Donald Trump? Oh, it's anonymous source familiar with the Mueller probe. If true, this is it. You know, first of all, if true, if true would traditionally mean you don't know. So you don't report it. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Any pretense of journalism, okay, any decorum, any fundamentals, any of the tenets of journalism have gone out the window in the era of Trump because their emotions are their facts. They don't like the guy. They want to get the guy. And in their worldview, he poses such an existential threat to the country that now's no time for rules. Now's no time for facts or verification. We got to get this guy. So we get this bombshell out of the New York Times, and it's, it's very fascinating and worth pointing out that during the Mueller probe, 
when they were telling us straight up, oh, no, you don't understand. This guy is an asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. We have a president. You know, the people who are lecturing us all the time about undermining faith in our institutions, undermining faith in our elections. Those people, okay, the ones conducting the January 6th trial, which January 6th is about what? Saying an election was stolen. Well, those people spent three years telling us the president stole an election with Russia. And this was like an Austin Powers movie where Dr. Evil was sitting in the Kremlin and he was controlling our country from afar. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But of course, the Mueller probe came and went and every one of those anonymous bombshells and every one of those jackasses in the intelligence community, John Brennan, James Clapper, Adam Schiff, all of them who told us, oh, there's collusion. As far as the eye can see. Well, then the probe was released and nothing. And when it comes to this Mar-a-Lago raid, it's impossible not to see the parallels because we're getting one anonymously sourced bombshell after another. If you remember last week, Merrick Garland said what? He had his big press conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We raided Mar-a-Lago. It's never happened in the 246 year history of the country. But stop saying the FBI isn't on the level. Stop saying we're in cahoots with Democrats and the press. That's not right. That's what he said. Head of the FBI. You're hurting our feelings. Come on, man. And what happened an hour after the Merrick Garland press conference? They leaked a report from the FBI to the Washington Post. Democrats are so full of crap. Yeah, no, come on. Why doesn't anybody trust us? Oh, I'll tell you why. Uh, it's called a mirror. Okay, look in the mirror. That's why nobody trusts. The FBI is the reason nobody trusts the FBI. We've seen them falsify documents in the past to spy on Donald Trump. Okay, we've seen them lie on FISA warrants to spy on Trump Tower during a presidential campaign. We now famously know that James Comey bragged at the 92nd Street Y about not giving Donald Trump the defensive briefing at the same time he had given Hillary Clinton the defensive briefing about the investigation into her servers. He met with Trump and didn't tell him he was under investigation. In fact, he assured him he wasn't under investigation at a time when Trump was. That's just how white folks will do you. But the point is you've never been able to trust the FBI, but you've also never been able to trust the anonymously sourced bombshells in regards to Donald Trump, because they don't leak them with verification in mind. They leak them with inflicting as much damage as they can in mind. I agree with that. That's the point. We don't need to know whether or not this is true. Just get it out there because it'll be damaging in the news cycle, like the nuclear document thing. We don't know right now that there is anything to do with nuclear documents in this case. One, because the DOJ is fighting not to release the affidavit and tell us why they went there. But two, because the only reporting associated with nuclear documents is, again, an anonymous leak to the Washington Post. Okay, you know, the Washington Post that told us in the run up to the election, the Hunter Biden story was false. It was Russian disinformation. And then the week the election was over, they turned around and went, oh, yeah, by the way, the Hunter Biden thing's real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You see, the problem in America right now is people can't trust the media because most of the media are activists masquerading as journalists. And you can't say that about Fox. You go, oh, what about Fox News, huh? Yeah, what about Fox News? How many times does Trump trash Fox News because we don't take a side? At one point, Trump was so mad at us, they drove Newsmax's viewership up to like 38 people. They were rolling it over at Newsmax. They almost hit 40 people one night after the election over at Newsmax. For 40 people! That would have been big! That would have been huge! But how did we get there? They got there. Why? Because Trump was mad at Fox because we don't actually always take his side. We take his side when we can verify 
that he's correct. Like during the Mueller probe, we were on his side because we knew it was all BS because everybody involved with the probe knew that the process was the punishment. They knew there was no collusion because they knew the whole thing was based on a bogus story planted by the Clinton campaign. Okay, the Alpha Bank story that they themselves cooked up. The Trump campaign has established a back-channel communication with a Russian Alpha Bank. And that was the you know, distraction from her email story. And everybody in the media just ran with it. Dun, dun, dun! We've got a report that says Trump's communicating with an Alpha Bank in Russia. Where'd you get it from? The Clinton campaign. But that's not important. The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, so we've seen this so many times. Anonymously sourced bombshells that oftentimes actually have sources, the sources being the president's political opponents who are leaking this information. So this bombshell in the New York Times today that we get to now, okay, gives us details, details on the initial search of Mar-a-Lago in January. And this is what you need to know from this bombshell document. I mean, this is a big one, just so we're on the same page. Okay. Trump yesterday, him and his legal team, they filed a motion. They're looking for an independent review of the records seized during the raid. They want him to appoint something called a special master. I've never heard of that legal term. We're going to discuss it with Monica Crowley later in the show. Obviously, she's backgrounded in things uh, to quite the extent. She'd be a better authority on that than I would. Okay. But what we know now, after Trump filed that motion yesterday, forcing the DOJ's hand. You understand a week ago, everybody in the media was like, Trump doesn't want it to come out. Oh, he's going to fight this tooth and nail. You know, Trump could release the warrant himself. Why doesn't Trump just release the warrant himself? And Trump was like, exactly. Let's release the warrant. (laughs) And what happened in the media? They were like, the number you have dialed is not in service. Because that was their whole, the whole pretense. Well, he doesn't want to release the warrant. There must be something to hide. And then when he said release the warrant, they were like, oh, hell, now what do we do? So what did they do? They started making up anonymous stories. Knowing the DOJ is fighting tooth and nail to keep the affidavit sealed, why do they want to keep the affidavit sealed? Are you ready? Are you set? Because if the affidavit remains sealed, that allows the Democrats and their allies in the media to continue to make up stories about what might be in it. David comes out, the party's over. Okay, this is an unprecedented raid. It's never happened in the 246-year history of our country. Never happened. Okay, and when we're talking about presidential documents, every single president leaves with documents, both classified and unclassified. But, of course, the New York Times report today is Trump says, we've got over 300 classified documents in Donald Trump's possession. Okay, I'm listening to you. I'll even take it your word for argument's sake. Um, do we have a comparison between... Whether or not that's a lot of documents or a little documents compared to previous presidents? The answer would be no. Okay. Do we have any proof that previous presidents didn't take classified documents with them? The answer would be no. No. You see, they report on this stuff without context or comparison to make it sound more heinous. You understand? Think about during Trump's presidency. Like, oh, he went golfing a hundred times. Oh, kind of guy goes golfing a hundred times. You know, Obama went golfing more. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But when you report it without context and comparison, you can make it look worse. Remember when they used to yell, oh, he's always going down the Mar-a-Lago. They should record a song. Leonard Skinner, whoever's still alive, Sweet Home Mar-a-Lago. Sweet Home Mar-a-Lago. That's what they should do because he's always at Mar-a-Lago. Guess what? Joe Biden's been on vacation 68 times. The guy only got elected. Okay, less than two years ago. I don't remember that ever happening. 
But it did. He's been president less than two years. He's been on vacation 68 times to Delaware, okay, which, by the way, is about triple of how many times Trump went to Mar-a-Lago. But again, the media back then, oh, this guy keeps leaving. He doesn't want to do the job. Now we got a president with a public appearance schedule of a groundhog. The media doesn't care. But here's the New York Times bombshell about the 300 classified documents seized. The paper states in an initial search of Mar-a-Lago in January, conducted with the cooperation of Trump's team and without a warrant. That initial search yielded 150 of these documents marked as classified. Apparently, the most recent search yielded classified documents that more than doubled that total. The Times said the nature of the material is not clear at this point, meaning they don't no. Bingo. Why is that worth mentioning? Because every cable news outlet known to man is like, he had the nuclear secrets. They're flat out admitting they don't know. Do you understand? But getting past that, it's all speculation. It's speculation by design, by people who live to gin up Trump hysteria and the walls are closing in. I know they didn't the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, or the fifth time. But this time, trust me, the walls are closing in. They're crazy. Okay, here it is. Mr. Trump went through the boxes himself in late 2021, according to multiple people briefed on his efforts before turning them over. The highly sensitive nature of some of the material in the boxes prompted archives officials to refer the matter to the Justice Department, which within months had convened a grand jury investigation. Within months, the House caught on fire, and within months, they called the fire department. Dude, I'm just, again, within months, if this is something unprecedented in the nature of our country, never before seen, and you're telling me within months... We got around to launching an investigation. This sounds like something out of the naked gun. Remember when Frank Drebin says to Nordberg's wife, and I want to assure you, not a man or woman on police force is going to rest until we found out who did this to your husband. Now, come on, let's get a bite to eat. That's this right here. Oh, it's an existential threat to the country. And within months, we're going to do something about it. The point is, there's a Trump obsession within the deep state that runs this country, within the media, within the Democratic Party which is why we've got a warrant and now we're fighting over the details in the affidavit. The affidavit coming out ends their ability to speculate recklessly and sow doubt in what Trump might have been up to. Oh, he's selling the nuclear codes. Come on, man. The nuclear codes change as soon as we get a new president. It's not a Netflix password. You don't like break up with someone, but you can still use their account months later. We don't have former presidents launching nuclear attacks. That's not how it works, which means he couldn't sell them to another country that would then turn around and call it a nuclear attack. They're like, we got a guy in the line, boss. He doesn't sound like he's from this country. He's got a very heavy accent, but he has the code. So I guess we should just nuke Parsippany, New Jersey, because he wants us to. Like, come on, man. How stupid do you have to be? If you had self-awareness, if you were dealing from a place of rationality instead of emotion, because when you're in a place where your emotions are your facts, it's denying you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you you're crazy. And that's the problem we have in this moment. Okay, they're so self-absorbed with getting this idiot that they're not even listening to themselves. Point being, the Democrats don't need a warrant or a trial. They just need a hobby. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. 
Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Here is Maggie Haberman at the New York Times talking, talking of all places to CNN. CNN is the worst. Them and their reliable sources who are so reliable they were just canceled over the weekend. Maggie Haberman talking to CNN last night saying, uh, you know, Donald Trump's filing represents an implicit threat to Merrick Garland. Here we go. Clip four. This court filing seems to have a lot of public relations elements to it, uh, less a defense strategy uh, or, or any kind of a court strategy, and more about trying to sway public opinion. It is notable that he referenced that conversation uh, that uh, in, an inter- intermediary had with Garland. That is, as Caitlin said, a classic Donald Trump move where he starts trying to have a negotiated, n- negotiation with a prosecutor, um, but there is also an implicit threat, it seems, in what he is saying, which is, well, people are angry and and who knows what will happen. Um, You know, for all of the reasons that were said here, Anderson, his argument, not only is it coming very late, but he's making an argument about privilege that it's hard to see where it applies here. I think that everything they are doing right now is about basically a time buy, which is is another classic Donald Trump strategy. Shut up! Will you shut up? Okay, let's understand first and foremost. Okay, I want credit for this. I told you a week ago. When Trump issued that press release saying we need to lower the temperature in this country, I told you a week ago, I said, yo, you know, the press is going to run with this and say, oh, no, what he's really doing is he's threatening them. He's saying lower the temperature in the country or else that's what's really going on here. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Think about that. I did say that a week ago when Trump issued a statement saying we got to lower the country, lower the temperature. I was like, oh, they're going to spin this as him threatening them. That's how stupid and shameful this is. Okay, but understand when she talks about trying to shape public opinion, yo, Maggie, you're releasing anonymous stories that you can't confirm are true. For what reason would you be releasing them other than to shape public opinion? I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is these people are completely full of Okay, but the bigger thing you need to take away from that soundbite is the charges against this guy are already changing. They're already changing. Now the charges are becoming, oh, look at him. He's threatening Merrick Garland. All right, so he didn't sell the nuclear codes. Okay? He wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, making a deal with the Saudis to know where our nukes were. But he did change uh, his attitude towards Merrick Garland and, and threaten the guy. And that's a problem, right? Like at the end of the Mueller probe, after three years of treasonous collusion, we got, oh, no, but he obstructed justice, right? I mean, just give up already. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. You can catch me on Kennedy tonight at 7 o'clock, me and the K-Train getting the band back together. If you want to hang out in person, go to the Carson Nugget. Friday and Saturday, there are still a handful of tickets left for the 9.30 shows. Tickets at ccnugget.com. If you're listening out in the Reno, Tahoe area, come hang out with your radio buddy. I'm a little cranky today. The champ is not happy. You'd think I'd still be, you know half drunk from my weekend in Lake of the Ozarks. Those guys were out of control. God love you. You guys were just so fantastic. Uh, but it's, you know, the shine's coming off the diamond now a little bit because I'm delving back into news reports and reading the ins and outs. And let me give you another one. You know, I was calling it earlier a stampede of stupidity out in Washington, D.C. Yamishi Alcindor is the closest thing we have to a Kirby Puckett impersonator in Washington, D.C., uh, she was uh, on MSNBC last night 
And if you've been watching the polling on the Biden presidency, right now polling, we covered this last night on Gutfeld, shows that 75% of Americans, 75% of Americans think the country is headed in the wrong direction. Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. 75% of the country agrees with Lincoln Fela. Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. It's evolving like a slow haircut. You know, a slow, bad haircut. If you've ever gone for a haircut and it goes downhill, it's just the most tragic slow motion train wreck of your life because you sit down and you're like, well, what is he doing on the sides? That's weird. And you're like, oh, my God, he's going a little high on the top. Wait, what's he doing in the what's he doing in the middle? Right. What what is the guy actually doing? I mean, what's. And that's been the Biden presidency. Okay, what's he doing on the border? Oh, that's it. What's going on with the inflation? Yo, what's up with the supply chain? Are they mandating vaccines? They said they weren't going to mandate vaccines. What do you mean they're shut down? Oh, oh, no, no. And like a bad haircut, you get up from the chair and you're like, oh, never coming back here again. Oh, I'm in trouble. OK, and that's where we are with Biden. OK, most Democrats, by overwhelming majority, don't want the guy to run again. Most Republicans didn't want him to run the first time. And 75% of the country says we're headed in the wrong direction. Why? We have historic levels of inflation. We have a porous border. Porous border, man. Level of fentanyl coming across the border has resulted in the highest numbers of deaths in this country in history from fentanyl poisonings. Okay, it is the leading killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. You do not hear about it anywhere but on Fox. And they try to gen that up as, oh, look at these right-wing agitators. Yeah, the nerve of Fox News to care about the leading cause of death for Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. I mean, really? When are these monsters going to stop already? Come on, man. The real issues that matter to Americans are the reason we're popular. Fox News is a ratings behemoth because we talk about, are you ready for it? We talk about what you care about. Jobs, safety, the border, you know. Inalienable rights in this country. Freedom! That's why we're popular. Because unlike the other networks... We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Now, the people who happen to be running it are another story. Okay, because right now they're running it into the ground. And that is our job in media. That is our job in journalism. It's to hold people in power accountable. Nobody's interested in doing that on the left, on the left-leaning networks. Unless they happen to be Republican, in which case they're so overzealous to hold them accountable, they try to hold them accountable for crimes they didn't even commit, for things they didn't even do wrong. That was the whole Trump presidency. We fought for four years over pretend problems. Pretend problems. Okay, but here we are in this moment with 75% of the country thinking the guy driving the car is heading the wrong way on a one-way street. Okay, 75% of the country says he's driving the wrong way. But Yamishi Alcindor... I mean, we talk about living in the death of shame, okay, willing to get in front of a TV camera last night, get hair and makeup, lots of makeup, hair and lots of makeup, uh, and sat in front of a TV camera and said this last night, said the reason people, the reason people say the country's heading in the wrong direction is actually, it's actually because of Donald Trump. Don't you have any respect for yourself? The answer would be no in her case. Here it is, clip 18. 
I've been out on the campaign trail. I'm in Alabama just today doing some stories about sort of redistricting and the, and the political atmosphere in this state. But what you see really is on the Democratic side, people that are very, very worried about the direction of this country. They're very worried, especially about former President Trump possibly coming back into power or former President Trump or, or another Republican stealing the election in 2022 or 2024 because we've seen so many election deniers be, be elected. That was embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing if you have self-respect, if you have dignity. The late, great Whitney Houston, as good of a singer as they were in our generation, sang the greatest national anthem in the history of the NFL. This is back when people stood for the national anthem, which is odd, you know, because it was only a few years before Bill Clinton took office, a president who certainly didn't mind if you took a knee. I believe that together we can make America great again. But the point is, okay, the late, great Whitney Houston once sang, no matter what they take away from me, they can't take away my dignity. Well, she, of course, sang that without ever having to work at MSNBC, okay, because there is no dignity in what Yamiche Alcindor just said to you. 75% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. It's because they're worried about Donald Trump coming back. That's why they think it's going big, because Trump might come back. It's not the inflation. No, 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 it's not that. It's not the record level of gas prices, not the record level of illegal border crossings, not the 35-year spike in murders. People are fine with all of that. Why would they even care about such trivial things? No, what they're worried about is your imaginary boogeyman, Donald Trump. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I mean, honestly, I want you to ask yourself this question. You're listening to the show. Could you imagine a world where you could muster together the composure now, I understand there's not a lot of people watching if you're on MSNBC, but could you imagine in front of three people mustering together the composure to look them in the face and say the reason people think the country is running in the wrong direction is because of the former president? I mean, I, listen, I, on some level, it's like you want to thank you want to congratulate her. I mean, it's a hell of a performance. I couldn't do that. I could not do that with a straight face. Everybody on that set would be sending me a dry cleaning bill for doing a spit take. Or I would do a spit take if I was on set with her and she said that. Honestly, who else was on that panel? Because they deserve an Oscar, too, for nodding their heads. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, it's, it's Trump. You know, Trump's the problem. That's what it is. Yo, 75% of the country think we're headed in the wrong direction. Again, because of inflation, gas, crime, the border. That's why people think we're headed in the wrong direction. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Boom. But when it comes to messaging, okay, this is what they put all of their effort into. Okay, remember, let's go all the way back to the beginning of this administration with the border. Perception's always more important than reality. Remember the border crisis? Oh, you don't call it a crisis. That is not a crisis. That is a ginned up right wing talking point from those animals over at Fox News. It is not a crisis. You put a quarter in the swear jar. If you call it a crisis, well, inflation, it's now you put 72 cents in the swear jar if you call it a crisis. Do you remember Jen Psaki yelling at us not to call it a crisis? Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Okay, think about that. We weren't allowed to call it a crisis. They were more concerned with the perception than the reality. Don't use crisis. That has negative connotation. We will not dare associate anything negative with a humanitarian crisis that involves 30% of the people crossing our border illegally getting sexually assaulted. 30% of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted. But that's not a crisis. It's only been 2 million people so far this year. What's 600,000 rapes amongst friends? You know, I mean, come on. Fox News, get over it already. You guys are fighting all the wrong battles. I mean, really? Okay, that's how they're framing this. It's not a crisis. It's always been 
the perception over the reality. They shut down the government under Donald Trump because, oh, kids in cages. We can't have kids in cages. Now, really quickly, just as a little background on that. Family separation began at our southern border under George W. Bush. It increased under Barack Obama. I'm not attacking Barack Obama. The reason family separation is a thing, just so we all understand, is because nine times out of ten, the kids aren't with a family member. They're with a member of a cartel or a human trafficker, a drug trafficker who knows their chances of getting their asylum case granted are exponentially higher if they are accompanied by a child. So the reason they began separating air quote families at the border is because they wanted to make sure they were actually families. That is correct. Okay, and oftentimes they were not under either circumstance. If they were, in fact, with their families, are you ready for it? They were reunited with their families. That's true. That is true. Do we have a single solitary story all these years later of Trump separating a real family at the border and them never getting back together? (laughs) Not one. It would be winning Oscars. It would be the biggest movie in Hollywood. It's all they would ever talk about. It would be on every news story. Every one of these networks would be interviewing this kid or this family member that was separated at the border and never saw each other again. Do you remember this? Family separation. They were pitching this to you as if this evil, this is unheard of. We've never heard anything like it. They're separating families. Okay, what happens if you break the law? You go to jail. You don't get to bring your family with you. You broke the law. Okay, these people who crossed the border illegally, I have empathy for them, but they broke the law. Okay, family separation. Yes, to discourage them from breaking our law, number one, but number two, to protect their kids. But again, okay, the people who shut down the government under Donald Trump wanted you to believe it wasn't a crisis when that same sort of separation was occurring under Joe Biden with a rate of separation, with a rate of apprehension that was 10 times as it was under Donald Trump. Think about that. Donald Trump brought down border crossings by 80 percent. Under Joe Biden, they're up over a thousand percent from the Trump administration. The numbers infinitely higher. But they're not even concerned with the issue anymore. They just want you to know it's not a crisis. Yeah, you know, fentanyl's killing a record level of Americans. Yeah, the illegal immigration numbers are at 2 million so far this year, which is 800,000 more than last year, which was the all-time record. But it's not a crisis. Do you understand? It's messaging, 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 messaging. That's all they care about, perception over reality. Why? Because perception helps them retain power. Reality does not. Okay, which brings me to the Inflation Reduction Act. Remember that old scam we talked about it all over the last two weeks? Well, the Inflation Reduction Act, and I like to give credit where credit is due, so partial credit goes to the New York Times on this one. The New York Times admitted they publish something every week called The Conversation. And it's, uh, you know, uh, basically a written down transcript of their writers talking about the news. Like, oh, you're in the newsroom now. You're hanging out with the writers. They've rolled up their sleeves. They're having a cigarette and a whiskey. And you get to hang with the beautiful people. You get some access. That's what this is. Okay. So the writers in this conversation, Times columnist Gail Collins and Brett Stevens, openly expressed doubt about the honesty of the Inflation Reduction Act. Come on, man. Collins saying, I'll admit, the Inflation Reduction Act was perhaps not the perfect name for this bill. But what a moment for this presidency. That's the quote. I'll admit, wasn't the perfect name for the bill. But what a moment for the presidency. That is a fact check false. What a moment for the presidency. You've just passed a bill under false pretenses. And that's considered a good moment in their eyes because, again, perception is reality. Sell the public the idea this is a good thing. 
No, no, we passed a bill that fights inflation by, you know, not fighting inflation. It's going to reduce inflation the same way gasoline reduces a fire. What's not to love? That's what they just did. That's that quote. I'll admit it wasn't the best title, but what a moment for the presidency. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Think about that. He also goes on to describe the legislation as the first time the U.S. has taken a serious step towards combating global warming. Never mind that the temperature is no longer going up. But stick with me. Okay, goes back and forth. The weather, it changes. Okay, but if global warming is so significant, if it's such a big win for this presidency, then why did they have to pass the bill under a fake name? Why? Because their priorities aren't your priorities. Okay, if global warming is the be-all, end-all, the only thing that, oh, man, that's a big bill, big day for the presidency. We're fighting global warming. We're fighting climate change. And the public is so committed to fighting climate change that we had to, you know, pass the bill under a completely different name to get people on board with it. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Their priorities aren't your priorities. Again, if you had a bill called free beer and pizza, you damn well better believe it would be called the free beer and pizza bill because that would pass in a landslide. People love free beer and pizza. They wouldn't have to call it something else. But in this instance, they had to call the climate change something else. Why? Because nobody cared about climate change. Correct the mundo. Climate change is white privilege. I hate the term white privilege. I hate identity politics, but the only thing yelling about it are rich white celebrities. Celebrities that all fly in private jets. John Kerry, Steven Spielberg, Leonardo DiCaprio, Prince Harry, all of these yam bags yelling at you to reduce your carbon footprint have a carbon footprint the same size as Shaquille O'Neal. But again, the New York Times gives Biden a pat on the back for admitting the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't reduce inflation in any way, shape, or form. But what a win! What a win! for his presidency. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. That's why nobody trusts the media. And listen to this. Stevens gave his take on the name of the legislation, saying, I agree that the bill is misnamed. Huh, you don't say. Probably should have been better called the West Virginia Special Perks Act after all the goodies Joe Manchin stuffed into it for his home state. Or the Elon Musk Additional Enrichment Act given all the tax rebates for buying electric vehicles. Did you hear that, folks? Did you hear that? The Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Act, according to the New York Times. I agree the bill was misnamed. Probably should have been better called the West Virginia Special Perks Act after all the goodies Joe Manchin stuffed into it for his home state. You understand Joe Manchin went out and voted for an Inflation Reduction Act that he himself knew did not reduce inflation, but did it anyway because there were perks in it for his district. This is politics as usual. You're damn right it is. This is status quo politics. Say one thing, do another. They're the priority, not you. Okay, and that's what you need to understand here. Messaging, messaging, messaging. They care about messaging. Messaging helps them get their way. Are you ready? I don't mean to say it. It's a little much this early in the week. You know, it's only Tuesday. Some of you haven't even had your caffeine yet. But do you want to know what they don't care about? Are you ready for it? You. You're absolutely right. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Having a grown up talk. Going to be rapping with Monica Crowley. And of course, Kevin Brady. 
chair of the House Ways and Means Committee on the Republican side of town, uh, who is going to react, react to this new report, not only about the Inflation Reduction Act, but the fact that federal agents just seized 1.5 million, 1.5 million fentanyl pills at our southern border. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Yo, that's enough to kill the country uh, a few times over. Now, the good news is they caught it. Woo, great. And obviously, we're super proud of that. The bad news is infinitely more pills have gotten away. This could be a problem. And the new reporting out is telling us what? That they're now putting fentanyl in candy-shaped pills, little gummies, stuff like that. The kids will start eating. Yo, this should be the only thing we're talking about. Like, if there was, like, a President Fela, <laughs> which there won't be because they run background checks on stuff like that on people who want to run for office. But uh, if I'm the president, man, uh, this and you actually care about people, you should actually govern with the greater good in mind. You should govern with people in mind and actually try to help instead of just, well, that's a problem for me personally. I'm not going to get reelected if people know how bad it is, so let's just forget about that one. Do you realize how disgusting that is? And that's always been the case in politics. It's not unique to Joe Biden. This has been almost just about every president who's ever come from the establishment, which is why you're supposed to think outside of the box, if you will, and get somebody who's not one of them because they're getting us all killed. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, yes, yes. It sure is. I can confirm. Uh, And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not taking a victory lap after losing the game. Dr. Anthony Fauci all over, all over MSNBC last night, dumping the Gatorade on himself. For a game he did not win against the pandemic. Not even close! But we will tell you why in this hour there is a rush in the media to embrace this man. Uh, 888-788-9910. Monica Crowley's coming by in this hour. She is as decorated as a a law professional as anyone who's ever going to waste their time talking to me. Uh, She is going to give us some insights into the Trump search warrant and the affidavit fight. Uh, And we will, of course, field your questions, comments, and conspiracy theories at 888-788-9910. Okay, it is a week of shameless plugs for me. As you know, I'm going to be in Reno, Nevada this weekend. I will more specifically be down in Carson City at the Carson Nugget. Uh, You can see me Friday night and Saturday night, 930 shows Tickets at ccnugget.com. We're going to drink afterwards and get all kinds of rowdy, play a little blackjack. I am so excited to get back out and meet some Fox Across America fans. After the weekend we had in the Lake of the Ozarks last week, the LOZ was on fire, like for real. Jenny Fallow was there, uh, and it got really rowdy, and it was just such a great time. And uh, every time I get together with our audience— and I encourage everybody on the fence about coming to always come down for no other reason than forget me and my act. I mean, you can hear me for free on the radio every day for three hours. You can watch me on TV twice a day here at Fox. But, you know, if you go down and see this crowd, you leave feeling so much better about your own worldview, about your own self. Because we're the cool kids, the reasonable people who can laugh at ourselves laugh at our problems, laugh at the world, and yes, laugh at our political opponents because we're the people having all the fun. You know, to stick in casino parlance, when you're looking for a blackjack table to sit at, 
the one where everybody is, you know, staring at their shoes and muttering under their breath while the dealer reshuffles the cards is never the table you want to sit down at. The people aren't even making eye contact. They're angry at some guy who jumped in for one hand, changed the orders of the cards. Some jackass didn't hit his 16, so now you double down and you get a five. <laughs> and then the next card out is the picture card you should have got on your double down. No, you want to be at the good table where they're having fun. Fox Across America is the good table where everybody's hooting and high-fiving and they got nicknames and they're making fun of each other and they're tipping the waitress $100 bills. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're rich. It just means they know how to live, okay? That's who we are, okay? And I remind you again and again and again every time I'm going on the road that you need to come. Listen, I get paid if there's two of you or there's 12 of you. Okay, but it's better if there's more of you, obviously, for comedy purposes. But for your own purposes, you need to realize you belong to something amazing. Because this force multiplier of positive energy that we're trying to create here uh, really does have an impact on the country, where we are bringing this country back to a place of reason. You know, a year ago, I would have told you we had never seen a bigger gap between what people believed and what they were willing to say. A year ago, for instance... Leah Thomas, a biological man, was winning every swimming meet known to man as a woman, and no one in the world was saying anything. That's not right. But they didn't want to get run out of town. They were like, this is horrible. No way. Her teammates weren't saying anything. Her college wasn't saying anything. What has since happened as reason has become a bigger part of our politics? People are starting to acknowledge that, yes, turns out there are biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. The pendulum always swings. Okay, and I'm not saying this show is responsible for swinging it, but I'm saying this show is a small force that does make a contribution to our you know, political narratives in this country in that the more reasonable people you create the harder it is to get away with this nonsense they're peddling on the left. One of the reasons the COVID regime collapsed last week. While everybody else was fighting about Mar-a-Lago, if you remember, Rochelle Walensky came out and said, oh, from now on, the CDC is going to acknowledge natural immunity. You know, the most scientific thing in the world, that getting a virus makes, makes you uh, inoculated against getting that virus worse next time around, natural immunity. Okay, one of the most scientific knowns there is associated with any virus, okay, is natural immunity. But for two years, okay, this administration would not deploy natural immunity and consider it real inoculation against the virus. You got fired from your job if you didn't get a vaccine you didn't want. This despite the fact that we were assured by our nation's top leading infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci, that you would never be forced to take a vaccine you didn't want. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. And we can make that claim why. Because the guy who said, no, you don't want a mandate. We've never done that. That's not what we do. What happened a few weeks after that statement? They mandated the vaccine. So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) Okay, Fauci has never been a guy who followed the science. Again, he spoke out against natural immunity. Okay, he promised you there wouldn't be a vaccine mandate. He told you masks didn't work 
and then turned around and mandated them. At one point, he was wearing two masks, if you remember, when he was sitting in Congress. Two masks! That was embarrassing! So we went from no masks, they don't work, to you need two masks. Do your kids don't need a mask inside, but your kids need a mask outside? Fauci was straight up, when it comes to masks, doing the hokey pokey. Put your whole mask in, you put your whole mask out, put your whole mask in, you shake it all about. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but have- it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Do you understand how many times this guy switched positions, okay, on issues, and the science never, ever, 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 ever evolves as quickly as the politics. I admire your honesty. And that's the whole point of Fauci. He was not the science, as he attested. He was the political science. Okay, so last night, naturally, after announcing that he was going to retire, which is a fancy way of saying get the hell out of Washington before the Republicans take back the House and impeach him and call him onto the carpet, he went for a soft landing on Rachel Maddow who is as big as a partisan shill as there has ever been. Never forget, Rachel Maddow, I'm about to play you clips of her and Fauci patting each other on the back about how spot on they were with COVID and how all the Republicans were just out there trying to get us killed by questioning their logic. But Rachel Maddow, just like Fauci, who famously called this a pandemic of the unvaccinated time and time and time again. You know, Fauci, you know, Biden, the guys who said it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated, only to go out and get vaccinated four times. And then test positive for COVID? (laughs) Think about that. No, no, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You guys don't understand. (laughs) Yo, everybody in Washington that's vaccinated and boosted, specifically boosted, which Fauci has pushed relentlessly, has now gotten COVID. And Fauci, remember this, under oath, would not admit whether or not he was making money by pushing Booster shots. Think about that. He should be behind bars. Ah, you making money pushing these booster shots? There's no science that says kids need them. Yeah, I don't have to mention that. I don't have to answer that. There's a law that says I don't have to disclose my stock options. Again. He should be behind bars. But here is Fauci last night on Rachel Maddow. Uh, It is clip nine. There is a weird, obsessive, violent, ongoing demonization of you by the right that is hinged on COVID. I just have to ask, if from your perspective, if that kind of attention, that criticism feels qualitatively different to you than previous criticism, if it is coming from a different place, if it is indeed more dangerous than the kind of criticism you've had in the past. Rachel, it's, it's, it's phenomenally 100% different. It's, it's apples and elephants difference. It really, really is. 
I mean... Hey, you gotta be a moron. You gotta be a moron. It's apples and oranges different. Just because I said no masks, then some masks, then two masks, then no masks. Just because I said no mandate, but then I mandated the vaccine. Just because I said natural immunity wasn't a thing, but then we admitted it was a thing. I don't know why they're mad at me. You know, time was, as the nation's leading infectious disease expert, you could get everything wrong, and nobody gave you a hard time. Dude, they're not mad at him for any other reason than because, are you ready for it? He sucks at his job. You are correct, sir. Here it is. Here's more Fauci. They were distorting reality. Clip 10. What we're really dealing with now is just a, 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 a distortion of reality, Rachel. I mean, conspiracy theories which don't make any sense at all, pushing back on sound public health measures, you know, making it look like trying to save lives is encroaching on people's freedom. That's a big difference from the AIDS activists who really had a good foundation for their objections. Oh, man. You don't have a clue. And he's trying to draw some comparison between AIDS and everything in between. Understand, we now have science. We talk about science, overwhelming data that tells us who got COVID and suffered negative health consequences, the elderly, the morbidly obese. We've known that now for over a year and a half, yet they were still mandating vaccines on the young and mandating vaccines on the kids, despite the fact that we have no data whatsoever, thankfully, by the grace of God, that says any healthy kid is particularly vulnerable to COVID. This is ridiculous. Yet Fauci's out there pushing even boosters on them and won't disclose whether or not he was making money. Okay, then there's the whole, you know, hullabaloo about them funding gain-of-function research in a Wuhan lab, you know, taking animal viruses, transferring them to humans, and making them exponentially stronger. That's stupid! Use your common sense! Yes, because one of them seems to have made its way out of the lab. But here is even more people in the media, okay? Let me give you Fauci praising himself. Here it is, clip 13. So it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. I'm the bad guy to an entire subset of people because I represent something that is uncomfortable for them. It's called the truth. (laughs) Get him out of here. Get him out. I mean, I represent something. uh, It's called the truth. Okay, think about that. Okay, was he being truthful when he said it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Was he being truthful when he said natural immunity shouldn't count towards the virus? I'm seriously, let's just, I'm just being honest. Was he being truthful when he testified that we didn't fund gain-of-function research? Weird. Was he being truthful when he said that masks don't work against the virus? Actually, he was. But then he turned around and did what? He mandated masks. Was he being truthful when he said, we're not going to have a vaccine mandate? Fauci has to go. And when he does, it'll be addition by subtraction. When I find myself in times of covid Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules. 
found cheap No clue what they're doing CDC And when the vaccinated people Masking up in stores agree None of this is science CDC For though they may be boosted There is still a chance they'll infect me What's the point of mandates? CDC 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 Please get Dr. Fauci off TV CDC 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 and Fauci Fire all these morons Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Monica Crowley in the next break, but we're still doing some... Fauci vision right now. We're watching Fauci vision because he was on MSNBC last night. We were playing some of Fauci's clips. But, of course, Rachel Maddow, not the only idiot defending Fauci here across town at ABC. Cecilia Vega explaining why people are mad at Fauci, in her eyes anyway, clip 14. Both revered and loathed, Dr. Anthony Fauci today announcing he will step down as President Biden's chief medical advisor and head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which he has led for nearly 40 years. Always pushing for science first in President Trump's White House, Fauci at times exasperated his face and hand. He became the target of death threats and a rallying cry for conservatives opposed to masks and lockdowns. As the virus claimed more than a million lives in the U.S., Fauci acknowledged early missteps, like when he advised against wearing masks. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Okay, we don't hate Fauci. We just hate the fact that he was made into a celebrity in exchange for shilling for the establishment, but being wrong at every turn. I mean, dude, the guy was wrong about everything and was then invited to throw out a first pitch at a Washington Nationals game because the media made him a celebrity, and he did about as good with COVID as he did with that first pitch. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And do you remember he also threw out a first pitch in Seattle a few weeks ago, and he got booed there too. And it wasn't because Seattle, which is basically Antifa's, you know, local headquarters, okay, is not exactly a Republican stronghold. But Seattle knows what the rest of us know. Okay, that Fauci was never about science. He's about political science. It's about power. It's about taking away your civil liberties. Understand, this is a guy who said you can't go to the hospital if somebody's dying. You can't go to a funeral if they do die. You can't go to your wedding. You can't go to your high school graduation. Okay, you can't go to work. You can't go to church. But if, you know, you want to riot, burn down a Democratic-run city, the virus is so sophisticated that it's not going to get you because you're fighting for social justice so you get an exemption. Okay, that's not science, folks. That's political science. I know they made the virus in a lab and it's sophisticated, but it's not that sophisticated. Come on, man. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A couple of notes on our next guest before I bring her on. She is, of course, a former assistant secretary of the Treasury. She is the host of her own uh, aptly named podcast, uh, a brilliant legal mind, uh, someone I happen to love. But she did threaten my life in a green room here at Fox News next last week. And I just want to call that out before the lovely and talented Monica Crowley joins me via phone for my own safety. Hello, Monica Crowley. <laughs> Hi, Jimmy. It's great to be on with you. And yes, I will cop to threatening your life, but <laughs> only because you and I have talked about doing this on the radio together for a long time, and I never got an invitation. So I was like, Fela, what up? <laughs> if only you were so kind about it, Monica Crowley. <laughs> I would have signed for a what up. I, I thought, you know, I thought the picture of my family sleeping at night was a little heavy handed, to be honest with you. But, uh... Horse head in the bed. No, I, I will not <laughs> cop to that. But I am so glad to be on with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a big deal. It's good for morale. Like everybody's in a better mood today. You could just tell. Like, you know, when you're a kid, if you got new sneakers and went to school, you felt a little peppier because you had those new kicks. Yeah. Everybody's got yeah. new sneaker energy on the show today because it's Monica Crowley Day, as you know. Oh, so sweet. Thank you, Jimmy. Well, there you go. Well, me and you, um, obviously, we're very fond of each other, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts really quick before we get into legal stuff on someone else who I happen to know you love. Uh, Dr. Fauci is leaving Washington. How are you holding up? However, are we going to make do without the science trademark <laughs> after December or the science exclamation point? Remember Jeb? It was Jeb exclamation point. Well, Fauci, remember that interview where he was like, I am the science. However, are we going to make do without the science after December? I don't know what we're going to do, Jimmy, it's but um, look. Uh, Anthony Fauci is going to retire with $350,000 in annual pension paid mm -hmm. for by you and me mm -hmm. after his grotesque and deliberate mishandling of the COVID pandemic. Yep. To me, in retrospect, and, and actually as we were going through it, it occurred to me that we were living through uh, one of the most disgusting abuses of power on his part and other public health officials like Deborah Burks, Rochelle Lewinsky, mm -hmm. but uh, he was really the ringleader of it all, but that we were really living through an appalling um, attack on humanity and a crime against humanity. And it happened on a mass scale. It was all intentional. And Anthony Fauci knew exactly what he was doing. So I don't want to hear, like last week we got from Rochelle Walensky at the CDC, mm -hmm. oh, whoops-a-daisy, our bad. <laughs> we made a series of blunders and mistakes. And Fauci, Fauci will never cop to any kind of mistake. No. But I don't want to hear that, oh, we shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. They knew exactly what they were doing. It was all intentional, and it had very little to do with the virus, very little to do with the experimental shots. It had everything to do with power and control, testing all of us. It was basically a test run operation, testing all of us in terms of how much of our freedoms we would voluntarily give up in the name of public safety, public health. Yep. They leveraged all of it to and, and maybe this is the biggest point of them all they leveraged all of this with fear to condition us to think our freedom was selfish that's a great and point. to me that is absolutely unforgivable and since anthony fauci the little evil garden gnome was sitting atop all of this he's the one that needs to be held accountable most of all 
Yeah, Monica Crowley on the line, host of the Monica Crowley podcast, telling it like it is. It is amazing that all it took for Americans to give up their freedom were a couple episodes of Tiger King. And we just stayed home, <laughs> watched some maniac smoke meth and raise cats on Netflix. And you're right that in the beginning, there was like this weird coercion. And, I, you know, I think if President Trump had it to do over, I think if most members of his administration would have had it to have done over, they would have done what, you know, Ron DeSantis did down in Florida. Because in hindsight, which is always easy, but, you know, to DeSantis's credit, the Florida economy is raging. OK, they have a budget surplus and everybody's moving there because keeping the country open and relying on people's self-preservation instincts is the best thing for the country. It's the best thing for the people. But I think there's something in what you were saying that tells me they probably weren't interested in what was best for the people. They were interested in the consolidated power of the federal government. So that's your overarching takeaway there? Yeah, that they leveraged the COVID pandemic Mm -hmm. for their own purposes. Remember, what happened in the United States sits in a much bigger picture, which is the Great Reset of the entire world into basically a one world government that is based in neo-Marxism. This comes out of the World Economic Forum, but it's also working in conjunction with the World Health Organization, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, George Soros, all of these global predators, as I call, call them, they were looking for an opportunity to, to move the world, to wrench open and free societies like ours into this new reality where, of course, they sit atop and in total control. And so the the most opportune way to do that, Jimmy, is to go after the one thing that people can't question, right? I mean, I, I talk about this on my podcast. You have kids. If one of your little kids comes to you one day and, and says, Daddy, I really, I've got a terrible stomachache. I can't go to school. You can't be the jerk dad, although maybe you are the jerk dad, but you can't be the jerk dad and say, oh, I don't believe that you have a stomachache. You have to go to school. No, because then you end up being a big jerk who's questioning someone who's telling you that they're sick. Uh So they went after illness. Mm -hmm. They went after a disease that nobody had ever seen before, which Fauci helped to fund Mm -hmm. and helped to develop. Right. So they, they knew exactly what this was. Then they leveraged fear, which is the ultimate weapon. If people are afraid, they will do whatever you tell them to do because they just want to be safe. They don't want to get sick. They don't want to get mugged. They don't want to die. So they leveraged the one thing you can't question, and they did it really, really effectively. And they maneuvered Trump on this, too. They were lying through their teeth. Fauci Burks, in her new book, admits that she was lying to the president of the United States about all this. They leveraged it for a much bigger purpose. I'm not saying the virus wasn't real. It was. A lot of people got very sick. A lot of people died. And that's all horrific. And we need to hold the CCP and Fauci accountable for all of that. But what I am saying is they took that as an opportunity to get this great reset further down the road. Remember, they had eight years under Obama to affect the fundamental transformation of the nation. Then it was supposed to be eight years of Hillary. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump was not supposed to win. So when he won and then was a very effective president for four years, they realized that they had lost all of that time to effectuate this great reset. So now this is why you see the clown in the White House now and everybody around him moving with all deliberate speed and making no course correction because they realize they lost four years. They got to make up the time. And that's what you're seeing right now. 
Talking to Monica Crowley, host of the Monica Crowley podcast, giving Fauci the business. Also, Deborah Burks. Yeah, you should never trust anybody who wears scarves year round. Can I just can I make a point about that? Of course. So the scarves, the scarves were this big fashion statement during mm-hmm. the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And in fact, there was a Twitter account, Jimmy, that was like <laughs> Deborah Burke's scarves or something, and it was like a parody Twitter account, and everybody was following it and how cute it was. But remember, and I don't think anybody has picked up on this. She every day when she went out with Fauci and Trump to give these daily briefings, she looked like. She, she did the whole Mother Hubbard routine yeah. with the scarf and no makeup and the very, like, matronly kind of look like, yeah, yeah. oh, look at me. I'm super serious scientist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now she's giving interviews promoting her book, and she looks like a glamazon. <laughs> she's got the blonde hair, and it's long, and she's got these chic glasses, and she's in chic turtlenecks. And I'm like, when I first saw her, Jimmy, I was like, who is that? Uh-huh. Like, I honestly did not recognize her. They were all playing a role yep. during the pandemic to get you to trust them, to get that, to get you to believe the lies. And they all talk, talked and, and angled with fear. And it was all done for a much bigger purpose. That's a great, great point. I mean, the only thing I would say in regards to her makeover, that's in addition to what you just described about playing a role in COVID, is they do have a lot of job openings at CNN right now, Monica Crowley. And she might just be like, I don't know, angling for a primetime gig. What do you think? Well, she's going to have to walk over Liz Cheney for that gig. But <laughs> it's not, it's, I don't put it past Deborah Burks to do it, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Um, let, me throw, <laughs> let me throw this one at you because you are a brilliant mind, um, as everyone knows. Uh, this whole raid. Well, listen, I'm just saying what you wrote down for me to say, so don't get too emotional. I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. I'm kidding. The five, bucks, the five bucks will be in the mail. It's <laughs> funny. This whole, this whole uh, FBI raid and this fight over the affidavit. Okay, you know, the fact that the DOJ doesn't want to release the affidavit, what I wanted to ask you about that um, is, to me, this is very evocative of the Mueller probe in that if the affidavit comes out and we know what's in it, okay, then we know what cards they're holding and the media can't recklessly, you know, float stories and theories or anonymously leaked bombshells. I think on some level, part of the reason the DOJ wants this thing sealed is, you know, you can redact names, but it remaining sealed allows the media to keep saying things like, oh, he sold the nuclear codes or God knows what's in these documents. Do you think there is kind of like a a strategy in place here? Like, what would you attribute this to? It's not kind of like it is a strategy and it's the exact same pattern that they have constantly used against Donald Trump since June of 2015 when he came down the escalator. So not only do they do everything that you just laid out, but they go to the exact same reporters at The New York Times to do the leaking on this. So they leak something that is false. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the New York Times. They splash it all over the front page. Then the New York Times gets picked up by the Washington Post and and MSNBC, and they start running wild with these smears and lines of attack that are not true. Mm -hmm. And they let the story just go. Who was it, Mark Twain, that said a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its pants on? That is exactly what they did. This is a constant hit and run. They did it with the Russia hoax. They did it with the two fake impeachments. They did it with January 6th. So, of course, they're doing the exact same thing here. And if you're falling for it again, you're a fool. 
I'm right. I'm right there with you, like a hundred percent. Because it just, I, as I'm watching this play out, we're back into anonymously sourced bombshell mode. Which, as we know, those reports were about O for two hundred during the Mueller probe. Every single walls are closing in. Like I wonder if, like at this point, the Democrats just need like a hobby because they're so into going after Trump. I mean, if like if Trump could announce he's not going to run, my you know you would think all of this stuff would just go away because it seems designed to stop him from running, but. But I still don't think they could stop going after him because I really do think there's some weird level of infatuation with the guy. Like, it's almost emotionally unhealthy. Well, that is 100 percent true, but it's more serious than that. Donald Trump represents an existential threat to the entire ruling class. Mm -hmm. And it's international, but it's certainly here in the U.S. at home. Mm -hmm. And that ruling class is the deep state. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean it's the permanent administrative bureaucracy which is incredibly entrenched and dangerous, but it's also the media, it's the, the Democrat communists in the government, it's the international community. I mean, this, this is, he represents an existential threat to all of them and their absolute grip on power and their whole corrupt gravy train. They're all enriching themselves. Liz Cheney's net worth skyrocketed into the tens of millions while she's sitting in Congress. Yep. Nancy Pelosi, same thing. Anthony Fauci's net worth, through the roof because he's completely conflicted out with pharma companies and Pfizer and the rest. Nobody raises these questions because they've got the wingmen in the press protecting them. When you've got the protection of the press, you can get away with anything. So the whole corrupt gravy train was threatened by Donald Trump, who was an outsider, who owed them nothing, did not have to answer to them, and in fact targeted them for their depths of corruption. So, of course, he's got to be destroyed. And that's why I agree with you. If he decides not to run, they're never going to stop. Nope, they can't. It's just it's a thing. Robert Palmer once sang, you're addicted to love. These people are yep. addicted to Trump. It's all they need is Robert Palmer and the backup dancers. Uh, Monica Crowley, you are no backup dancer. You are very much front woman material. Um, I, I, I'm going to drop the order of protection against you and we should do this again soon. OK. Thank you, Jimmy, for that act of generosity. I really appreciate that, and I would love to come back anytime. Rock and roll. Consider it done. I'll see you soon. There she goes. Thanks, Jimmy. The best. Monica Crowley, who, in summation, what's the point here? Get Trump, okay? Whether it was COVID being leaked out of a Chinese lab and Fauci decimating our economy and shutting everything down. Hey, it's an election year. Cratering economy, that's going to hurt the guy in power. Well, now that the guy's out of power, hey, we've never rated a president in the 246-year history of this country. We don't really have much of a criminal case, but, you know, get Trump. That's where we're at, okay? Robert Palmer said we're addicted to love. The truth is they're addicted to Trump. Donald Trump's presidency is over, but for millions of Americans who devoted their entire lives to bashing him, the battle is just getting started. My car won't start. Friggin' Trump. The Ex-President Hotline helps you find a way to move on with your life. Ex-President Hotline. He's destroying this country and he deserves to be in jail. He's not in office anymore, ma'am. Take a deep breath. Don't mansplain to me. Hating a president is a good way to avoid your own problems. Unfortunately, presidents go away, but your problems don't. Where's the tow truck? Probably stuck in traffic because of Trump. The Ex-President Hotline. Giving millions of Americans an outlet they can vote for. Thank you for holding. I understand you're calling because you're still upset about Barack Obama. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Hey, 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 it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, just laughing. I'm sitting here in a commercial break. You know, I always like to tell you we're living in the death of shame, where people will push a political narrative, no matter how demonstrably ridiculous it may be to any objective observer. Tara Setmeyer over on MSNBC last night. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This has nothing to do with anything. It's a complete non sequitur. But I saw this TV clip, and we just pulled it during the break because I was, I was laughing my ass off at this. Uh, Tara Setmeyer uh, saying that Liz Cheney is as conservative as they come and is coming for all the conservatives. Can you imagine being that stupid? No, but here's Tara Setmeyer, uh, clip 21. Liz Cheney is coming for all of them. In in the rest of that interview, she went after Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and other these these other guys who know better than this MAGA act that they're putting on just to um, you know appeal to the to the rabid MAGA base. She's like, you all know better. What are you doing? And she has the credibility to do it. She is a Cheney. You cannot question her conservative bona fides. For goodness sake, she voted with Trump for ninety three percent of the time in Congress. She's a Cheney. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. By the way, what's so funny about this? She's a Cheney. She's saying it like it's a good thing now. She's a Cheney. She's a Cheney. Yo, the Democrats wanted Dick Cheney hung as a war criminal during the Trump, uh, during the Bush administration. They wanted him hung at the Hague. He's a war criminal. He's Darth Vader. He's evil. And the minute Cheney turns around and goes, I don't like Trump, everybody in the media is like, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. The media is a bunch of losers. I mean, it's we're living in the death of shame. Never mind. Are you ready for the bigger note, the bigger takeaway, Tara Setmeyer? Liz Cheney isn't coming for anybody in the Republican Party because she just lost by 40 points. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's coming for everybody. They're scared. You know, she lost her home state by 40 points. Disregard that because the rest of the country that she's going to make up the ground there. Come on. Don't bullshit me. Seriously. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, get ready for a big hour of this show. Now, they're all big when you think about my weight. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. But when it comes to actual programming, dare I say huge, uh, Kevin Brady, superstar representative from the great state of Texas, ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee on the Republican side of things, going to stop by to weigh in on this ridiculous Inflation Reduction Act. Plus... We just got news out of the White House that we are sending another $3 billion over to Ukraine. Another $3 billion in aid. We've already sent them about $40 billion in total uh, at a time when we're dealing with record levels of inflation, gas prices, you know, overrun porous border, record level of fentanyl overdose poisoning deaths, economy still struggling to get back on its feet. We're on the brink of a recession. I've got it. Will FedEx $3 billion over to Ukraine? Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last. It really is crazy. Because if you remember like a month ago, they were out there with a straight face saying, oh, it's Putin's price hike. Putin's price hike. You understand. Inflation's high because of Putin. 
And then everybody was like, well, you know, uh, inflation was going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine, Mr. Biden. You know, how do you call it Putin's price hike if inflation was a thing for 14 months in a row? And, of course, Biden snapped back. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with, uh, I don't know, uh, two things in play here. Okay, two things in play. First, first and foremost, we have a president that is clearly not all there. But second, okay, they knew it wasn't Putin's price hike way back when they were just looking for some type of cover from their own economic mismanagement. But the bigger tell is that if they really thought Putin invading Ukraine was the root of all economic evil here in America, they would be doing more to end the war not sending more money over there to keep things going. You understand? They've gotten $40 billion out of us. Okay, Ukraine designated by the United Nations as the biggest corruption risk on the planet, okay, has $40 billion of our dollars. That can't be good. I mean, listen, it might not be bad. I mean, it might be a good thing. But the point is we just hired 87,000 IRS agents to scrutinize the money being made in this country. Has anyone even thought about, oh, I don't know, maybe taking a look at uh, all of the money being sent out of the country by any chance? The answer would be no. No! Let's uh, increase the size of the IRS. Let's order Jimmy Fallon fourth time. That'll be nice. I've been audited three times. Anybody tells you they don't come after the middle class. Now, to be clear, I was not the middle class. I was driving a cab when I got audited. Which Again, I don't mean to brag. But I was pulling in about $21,000 a year. I know. Calm down, ladies. And that's, it turns you on. You hear those big figures thrown around. Wow, this guy's pulling in $21,800. i am going to give him a little something-something after the show. You know, the point is, okay, with all of the money being scrutinized at home, we're still sending all of this stuff abroad. And it's madness to me because they're really not prioritizing the American people. They're prioritizing their own, you know, agenda. You know, you dopey Jennifer Granholm telling you yesterday, well, if you're struggling to pay heating bills, what you need to do is uh, buy solar panels for your house <laughs> at 30% off. What an idiot. Again, if you can't afford 300 for the heating bill, you probably don't have 10000 for the solar panel. Even if you discount it by 30%, you're still spending 7000 Last I checked, 7000 a little bit more than the $300 your electric bill might cost you. Okay, but they're not dealing in reality. Okay, they're dealing in politics. And when it comes to, you know, prioritizing the politics, the casualty is always people. He knows what he's talking about. Whether it's green energy decimating our economy. You know, think about the Keystone Energy Pipeline getting whacked the day Biden got into office. They sacrificed 10,000 American jobs at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. And what did they respond with? I don't worry about it. Get over it. You just go get a green job. All right, so you don't have the pipeline job. Go get a green job, which, uh, number one, sounds a little indifferent to their plight. But number two, and this is the big issue, are there any green jobs out there on the level we were promised? (laughs) Not even close. Okay, believe me, if everybody who lost their job in the Keystone Energy Pipeline suddenly walked into green energy employment, it would be everywhere in the media when you're right you're right and you're right believe me if there was actually a surge in employment due to green energy be the only thing we were talking about anywhere oh you're right and when you're right you're right 
And you, you're always right. I mean, really think about that. If they could lay claim to an actual victory. Republicans yelled and screamed that the Keystone Energy Pipeline was killing American jobs. But here's this report that shows all of those guys who lost those energy jobs on the pipeline got green energy jobs. Take that, Republicans. Folks, if they had that story, it would be everywhere. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. I mean, really, really think about it, okay? Every single time they make one of these moves, we memory hold the casualty and move on. No different than the border, okay? The border right now, I talk about this a lot on the show because I'm a guy who cares, okay? I have a kid. A lot of you hear my kid on the show, 13-year-old Lincoln Fela, comes on the show all the time. He's in his second day of football practice today. Just started. Okay, he showed up thinking he might be a pass catching tight end, uh, but he is six five in his freshman year of college. When you're six five, they're sticking you on the offensive line. This is total crap. It's just reality. And I I hate to break it to the link man because he'd probably be a good passing tight end. But he's six five. They're going to put him on the line anyway. Okay, I talk about the border a lot because it's killing our kids, killing our children. Okay, fentanyl is the leading killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. And the media, and I'm trying to make people do a better job of this here at Fox. I brought it up the last time I was on Outnumbered. We have to stop calling them fentanyl overdoses. Overdoses implies, oh, you know, you're taking a mountain of drugs and eventually it caught up to you. No, no, no. Okay, these are poisonings. And what I mean by that is they took a recreational amount of drugs. Somebody had to write a term paper. They took an Adderall. They died. Okay, some kid, so a gummy, took a gummy thinking he'd get high. They died. That's what these deaths are. We've got over 115,000 fentanyl poisoning deaths. And a lot of people aren't on the lookout. People, you know, grew up doing drugs. You grew up in the 70s, the 80s, and 90s. Do all the drugs you wanted. I've done more drugs than a retired lab rat. Okay, but I could live to tell the tale because it was a different era in our country. We had a slightly more secure border. And we had a situation where China wasn't moving fentanyl into Mexico that cartels were then bringing into the country and exploiting our poorest border. That now is getting people killed. So I talk about fentanyl all the time. Okay, I talk about fentanyl with Lincoln on the air all the time that he's like, shut up already. But I'm only doing it because I want every parent listening to understand they don't care about your kids. Okay, the leading cause of death. For kids in this country, 18, between 18 and 45, which I know gets obviously pretty far into adulthood, but the leading cause of death is fentanyl. They don't want to talk about it because it's a political liability for them if we've got to get out of bed and wake up to the reality that they've gotten this many people killed and haven't even paid any attention to the issue. It's a big liability. So they'd rather not talk about it, which means, ergo, kids continue to die. People continue to die. That's what you're dealing with. You know, it's a real dumb time to be alive. And it's it's embarrassing, to be perfectly honest with you, when you think about what we are prioritizing. We're actually prioritizing death in the Democratic Party. You've got to let us abort a baby up until the day it's born. That's not abortion. That's infanticide. But they're fighting for that. They're chasing Supreme Court justices out of restaurants, protesting outside of their houses to do that. You know, because it's a woman's right to choose infanticide. Listen, I get it. People are aborting babies. And listen, in a perfect world, okay, we drastically reduce the window 
to something like they have in Europe. That's the reality of what abortion is going to do. Roe versus Wade being overturned didn't criminalize and ban abortion. It just returned it to the states where each individual state will have a say. Blue states can have abortion. A lot of red states are going to have strict, strict limits on abortion. Not perfect, but it's better. And you can't let perfect get in the way of better when it comes to governance. Unfortunately, when it comes to the border, they have let everything get in the way. Okay, they repealed border policies that had cut the amount of border crossings in this country by 80 percent. Remain in Mexico forced people to stay in Mexico while their asylum cases were heard. You know what that meant? It meant the cartels couldn't assure them safe passage into America so they couldn't turn this into the billion-dollar industry that it is under Biden. That's the reality right now. Biden sucks. Okay, one quick shill worth mentioning because, again, I'm, you know, watching the TV during commercial breaks, stuff like that. Okay, Gabe Gutierrez on MSNBC, uh, MSNBC correspondent, twice says the Republicans are seizing, seizing on the border crisis, the Republicans. How dare they? How dare they cure about the leading killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45? The nerve. Listen to this clip, 26. Ahead of the midterm elections, Republicans are seizing on a record-breaking influx of migrants at the southern border. But the latest battle over immigration is now playing out here in the Northeast. The buses keep coming to New York City and Washington, D.C. At first, hundreds, now thousands of migrants arriving in the Northeast after being sent by the governors of Texas and Arizona. But as you just heard Mayor Adams say, and as he has been reiterating for the past couple of weeks, he says that the resources here in New York are stretched. Of course, Republicans are seizing on this, and they're saying, well, resources are stretched at the U.S. southern border in Texas, Arizona, and in other states. So you understand, okay? Oh, Adams, the resources are stretched. Eric Adams in New York has taken 0.1%, of the migrants who came into the country last week. Last week, not last year, not last month, last week, 0.1%. Texas is getting thousands a day. This guy got 900 and was like, oh, hell no. I know we said we're a sanctuary city, but I've got to get downtown to the nightclub. Eric Adams wants to be Jay-Z. He's a celebrity mayor. Hangs out at the nightclubs every night. He's known for the bottle service. That's his thing. There's a great story in the Post today. Excuse me, the Times of all people. The New York Times asked him. The New York Times asked him, how do you belong to all of these exclusive members-only clubs with high membership fees? What are you doing? What's going on? He didn't have an answer. He's like, oh, it's silly. How could you ask that about me? That's Eric Adams. But that's what he's back to the nightclub. But I can't talk. We just ordered a bottle of Ciroc vodka. We're going to go get a shot of that. But that's our mayor, okay? He's a jackass. Career house mouse is a cop. Guy who didn't do real police work. He was a cop politician. Guy who studied for tests, got promoted, worked his way up the ranks, didn't arrest anybody, didn't know anything about being a rank and file cop, just traded on the credential to become the mayor. The mayor at a time when New York's historic crime spike made us think, oh, maybe if we get a cop in there, that'll turn things around in terms of crime. <laughs> no, the only thing it turned around was the cocktail waitress so we can get another look at her butt. Hey, can you twirl for me, sweet potato? I'd like another bottle of vodka. Our, our mayor is a dirtbag, and everybody telling you that, oh, it's just Greg Abbott down in Texas just trying to stir up trouble at the border. No, no, no. He's trying to get the nation's attention because what's going on at the border spills into all 50 states. Again, the United States of America, not Texas, not Arizona, the United States of America. 
okay, has a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. This is the leading killer in our country. And no one's even talking about it. And I got to be honest with you. I don't need him to talk about it. I just need him to stop it from happening. And the way you stop it from happening, oh, I don't know, is just re-implementing a lot of the policies that were stopping it from happening. Remain in Mexico has got to be a thing. You got to build a wall. And don't ask me. Ask every single Democrat that voted for border wall funding twice under George W. Bush and again under Barack Obama. Why do they vote for walls? Because they knew they worked. Okay, not 100 percent foolproof, but something that makes it harder because you understand if it's harder to come here illegally, then you're not empowering drug cartels. Then you're not empowering human traffickers. Then you're not subjecting 30 percent of the women who cross this border illegally to getting sexually assaulted, as the stats show us is the case. Okay, I have great empathy for the people that are fleeing these third world countries trying to make a better life here. And I'm all in favor of them coming here legally. But the one thing I will tell you is for all the talks about empathy and migrants and everything in between, of course they deserve it. But you know who else deserves some of our empathy? The people actually living in this country. Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Texas Representative Kevin Brady in the next break. One of the things you've heard me say relentlessly the past two weeks is to come out and see me at the Carson Nugget this Friday and Saturday. You can get tickets to the 930 shows at ccnugget.com. Shut up! Will you shut up? The the crowd isn't having it. They're like, would you stop promoting the damn show? you got to promote these shows if you're going to do them. And I will have you know my promotion worked in the Lake of the Ozarks. We sold out 600 seats, and, and we did have a damn good time, if I do say so. And if you don't believe me, joining us now on the phone, a veteran of that event, Tom, is out in the LOZ. Yo, Tom. Hey, how you doing, Jimmy? Uh, I've, I've finally sobered up from all of those drinks you guys sent to the stage. <laughs> hey, well, listen, here, here's the thing. I know that um, one of the audience asked you to have your wife stand up. <laughs> Let me explain what happens here. You gotta, you're, we're welcoming you to redneck country, buddy, uh-huh. okay? Uh-huh. You're, you're a token redneck at that point, <laughs> all right? Honorary. Because we want to see how far up you married. I mean, me, I'm a four, borderline five. You, brother, uh, you barely make the three threshold. And so, you know, um, we just we just want to see how far up you really married. Oh, well, you had a chat. I don't know if you met Jenny at the bar afterwards, but she was hanging out. Uh, she made a lot of friends. And uh, I don't know where you were after the show because some of the audience did get thrown out because one guy was yelling, I love you, dude. 
I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know he got thrown out. But the point is, we had a damn good time, did we not? Oh, it was awesome. We can't wait to have you back. You know, I, I tell you what, if you could make this a monthly gig, I think you'd sell out almost all the time, or at least, you know, four times a year. <laughs> we're going to do, we're going to do it. Uh, we got to work on that airport situation though. I had to fly out of Kansas city. It was like a three hour drive down to the gig, which is not easy when uh, people are sending like eight shots of whiskey in a cup to the stage. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I got two words for you. Mm-hmm. Springfield. <laughs> Oh, the Springfield have something cooking. All right, I'll get I'll get them on the horn. Uh, yeah, I mean Springfield Airport's an hour. It's an hour and twenty five minutes, thirty minutes away. A lot easier to get to. Um, you know, you're you're not wasting six hours of drive time between getting there and getting back. All right, I like the way you think. Uh, and plus, yeah, I don't know that I could do it uh, based on all the booze you guys made me drink. But Tom, <laughs> great call. We'll do it again soon, brother. Be well. Kevin Brady joins us next. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're trying to hold this country together, but sometimes i got to bring in some heavy-duty backup to do the gig. Uh, joining us now, no, no heavier duty than a superstar representative uh, from the 8th Congressional District of Texas, top Republican on the Ways and Means Committee, uh, Representative Kevin Brady, back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm great. I am amazed that we've been able to continuously bribe your press team into rebooking you on this program. (laughs) What have you got on them? I've got to figure out. I've got to figure out what that is. It's effective. I can't reveal my sources. We're not releasing the affidavit, Brady. We're not releasing it. That's a thing. We don't release. It'll it'll be heavily redacted is what you're that, that's what I'm telling you. Um, let's let's jump in here because uh, there's so much to get into. But on the Ways yeah. and Means Committee, is there any way to believe the Inflation Reduction Act will re- re- reduce inflation? No, no, it won't. Uh, the spending, the tax hikes, uh, the Green New Deal meets corporate welfare. Uh, none of that's going to reduce the, uh, inflation. You don't have to take our word for it uh, either. University of uh, Pennsylvania's the Wharton School of Business thinks that inflation may actually go up higher uh, starting next year because of this bill. And and in truth, if you look at this, uh, none of it really cuts inflation. None of it's going to cut the budget deficit at all. And I think, you know, almost there'll be almost near zero lowering of global temperatures through the rest of the century as well. So, yeah, I think I think this whole bill is a hoax. Yeah, this is the thing that I find so fascinating. Like, with not a hint of shame or irony, they've now kind of dropped the inflation thing, and they're just openly crowing about the fact that this is the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country. But my question is, if climate change is is such a big issue for the American people, why did they have to pass the bill under a different name? Yeah, and, you know, you got to ask – you know, on that claim about being the biggest climate change, is it really? Yeah. Because uh, if you look at it, um, it, it claims that it's going to lower uh, carbon emissions in the U.S. by 40 percent mm-hmm. from uh, from uh, by 2030. But the truth is we're already on target for a 32 percent reduction. You know, we're already much of the way there without without that building law. And you saw that Wall Street Journal, I think, is the Rhodium Group. Mm-hmm. that uh, took the bill, applied it to the United Nations climate model, and showed that best-case scenario, I mean very best, if everything goes wonderfully, we'll see a 
percent decrease in a one degree of Fahrenheit through the next century, through 2100. And there's a good chance it's much, much lower than that. So bottom line is with $300 billion of subsidies and government checks, mainly to the wealthy and the largest corporations in America, you'll see near zero changes in global temperatures. So I think that too has been so, so more than oversold. I think that too is out. Well, the good news is the IRS is getting bigger, and everybody loves that, right? Oh, yeah. oh Lord. I tell you what, this is, their claim that there's new, no, no new IRS agents here mm. is so easily debunked. It's remarkable. And the truth is, how do you get squeeze $200 billion more of middle-class taxpayers without more agents? And the answer yep. is you can't. And the Treasury Department's own uh, documents show they've got released last year a plan to add nearly 87,000 new IRS agents, and it will focus on working families, those budget shoppers that you and I see in Walmart and Target and Marshalls and Ross and others. They're going to see 700,000 new audits as a result of this bill. So, again, there is nothing in this bill that I think rings true at all. Yeah, if you're just joining us, Representative Kevin Brady on the line from the great state of Texas, you have to bear with him. He's a little emotional about his uh, good friend, uh, Anthony Fauci, leaving Washington. I know you're beat up about that, right? Yeah, really, really. Can, I'm, I'm just binge eating, you know, as a result <laughs> of all that. Uh, well, the truth of the matter is, look, in, in the early days of, of COVID, no one really knew what was going on. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. how you can get to certain policies there where, where it was all about. Agreed. But you know, he basically turned science into political science. And I think now there's a whole generation of Americans who really are, are not going to trust the health policy experts coming out of Washington, D.C. And you saw this during the vaccines. You saw, saw it, obviously, in the mask and the lockdown. Look, Texas, uh, we were fortunate. You know, we had a state that opened up very early. We handled it. <clears throat> Our health outcomes were as good or better. In many of those states that locked down are obviously getting our kids back in school immediately made a huge difference in their future. And, uh, and economically, from a health standpoint, our states did better by ignoring Dr. Fauci's policies. Well, I was going to bring that up. So, you know, something I, th- I believe you tweeted as well that's been making the rounds is when you look at the top 10 states for job recoveries since COVID, all of them have Republican governors and or legislatures. So, you know, yeah. you, would, you would argue, you know, less government is always more, but especially when it comes to the economy, no? Yeah, there's no, no, no doubt about it. By absolutely spurning Biden policies and Dr. Fauci's policies, you know, our states recovered their, the jobs we lost, the pandemic, plus more. Mm-hmm. We had better educational outcomes, you know, as good or better health outcomes by rejecting the lockdowns keeping our taxes low, keeping our regulation balanced and opening up, opening up our economies and our businesses again. And thank God, because, you know, Jimmy, when I would live here, I live here in the Woodlands, Texas, just north of Houston, mm-hmm. you know, which was open and thriving and getting back to normalcy. And I fly up to Washington, D.C. for work. It was like two different worlds. Yeah. And, and, I, and I will argue Washington, D.C. took a huge unnecessary hit, for example, those small businesses and their workers. Yep. And, and still do, I think, in, in some of those areas there because of those policies. 
Yeah, well, you know what's fascinating about Washington, D.C.? They're, they're also, you know, claiming to be taking this huge hit uh, because Governor Abbott is busing migrants into D.C. Uh, but they're not taking on anything compared to what people are actually taking on in these border towns of Texas, no? There is no question. Look, um, my first uh, uh, reaction is, Welcome to Joe Biden's America. Yeah. You know, you're getting a, a just a touch, a tiny um, taste for the humanitarian crisis on the border. You can't even handle a few busloads. We, we are handling that by the hour down here in, in Texas and paying a steep price in sex trafficking, gang trafficking, obviously drug trafficking in a big way. And, uh, and they're screaming over the tiniest amount of migrants uh, – coming into their communities. I, I just look, I, when people say every town's a border town, you know, they're not until they start to see a little of what we've got to deal with. And it is a huge humanitarian crisis here. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because they always try to claim that the Republicans who want to shut down the border are lacking empathy. But the truth is, you know, keeping the border open is what is subjecting these people to all of these perilous things, you know, there's and, and, no, no, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to all, all I was ever going to say is, you know, we're just trying to encourage legal migration because it's safe for them and it's safe for us. Yep. Leaving the border open isn't compassionate to anybody, let alone all the people getting killed by fentanyl in this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the most, I think, shameful statistics under President Biden is we've had 750 migrants die on American soil mm-hmm. under his open borders policy, the, the highest number I believe, in recorded history. And how is it humanitarian to, to entice people, encourage them to, to send their daughters a thousand miles in the, in the uh, safekeeping uh, of a coyote, and they die on American soil here? And, and how, is that, how is that compassion? Well, it seems to me very cruel, just awfully cruel to do this. But, but the president, again, just doesn't seem to care, and certainly the vice president's right there, too. Yep, and a lot of people are outraged because now they just built a wall around Biden's compound in Delaware, uh, and people are calling oh. that out for hypocrisy, obviously. But, uh, you know, I have a theory that they built that wall not to keep people out, but to keep him in. They don't want him wandering off and getting lost. You are uh, So you're, you're jumping right into it today, Jimmy. <laughs> you don't have to touch that one, Brady. You got media training. You, you can sit that one out. How about those Astros? How about those? <laughs> Good job. Well played, Kevin Brady. <laughs> Thank uh, you, sir. Listen, man, I was almost down in Houston two weeks ago, but all the flights got canceled out of New York. We were supposed to take my wife to oh. see Garth Brooks. So uh, you guys dodged a bullet because you don't want to deal with the failures when we get off the Fox reservation. Hey, look, just let me know. I'll alert. We'll do the red alert, you know, through all the highways, you know, make sure people know you're landing. But you're welcome anytime, Jimmy. Oh, there it is. That's the spirit, Kevin. I knew I'd bring you back around. Well, listen, I I appreciate your time today. Keep up the good work, buddy. Thanks, Jimmy. Take care. You too, my man. There he goes. Representative Kevin Brady in the 8th Congressional District of Texas. Not going to take not going to take the bait. On that Biden joke. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But good for Kevin Brady. He's above the fray. There are people in Wa- there are people in Washington, believe it or not, that do actually adhere to decorum. Remember, like decorum. You know, most of it's a scam. Like when the Democrats are like, "Oh, Donald Trump, we've never seen such a wild man in the Oval Office." And I got to be honest, there was a guy in the '90s who was. Uh, 
a little friskier in the Oval Office from time to time, you know? This is not okay. All right, but the point is, you know, we've seen crazier things go on in the Oval Office than a guy tweeting insults. And that, again, it's not to say one is the other. But the point is, Kevin Brady, uh, you know, harkens back to a better time when we're a little more tactful in our descriptions of the enemy. And uh, I will give him credit for that because in this regard, social media and the people that are socially active, like if you look at Kevin Brady's Twitter feed, uh, he's not a guy tweeting 5,000 times a day. He's not a guy getting into culture war fights. He's a guy tweeting like graphs and charts and stats and numbers, which is what we should talk about when it comes to governance. But instead, in this age of social media and incentivized conflict, we're often communicating in an attempt to draw more attention to ourselves. So you can't you can't lead with stats because they're boring. But if you call somebody a white supremacist like the Democrats do, you know, that gets heat. And then a Republican calls you a commie. And then the next thing you know, well, your wife's a whore, you know, and it just descends into gutter politics and you get lots of likes and you get lots of attention. But we don't actually solve any problems. And that's my biggest problem personally, is our politics have descended into an actual team sport where people are rooting so much harder for their team than they are for their country that we're you know, suffering as a consequence in every area. I mean, it's every area of this country, there's nowhere where the quality of life is better. Nowhere. Uh, since Biden got elected, there's not one single the only only honestly place would be the border. If you're running a drug cartel, yes, the quality of life is better now because of Biden got getting elected. You're making big money. You're smuggling in you know women and children. You're shaking down families for bounties. Drug pr- business has never been more profitable. So, yes, in that regard, I don't want to say nobody's benefiting from Biden. But wouldn't it be nice? Oh, if maybe just maybe we had, I don't know, somebody in America that was benefiting from Biden. <laughs> It hasn't it hasn't happened, but uh, we can only hold out hope that we might get something soon. Kevin Brady Biden sucks. Get it through your decorum skull. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi. Taxi. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth. Wanted to get into some more calls before we go. Jerome on the line in Midland, Texas. Yo, Jerome. What's up, Jimmy? Uh, what is up, man? Hey. What do you got? Hey, I figured out what uh, Biden looks like with all this overspending. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a bachelor party at a strip club? <laughs> he's, he's spending all he can. He's sliced out of freedom. He's making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> Make it rain, yo! <laughs> to answer your to, to answer, yeah, he's he's making it rain, but he's blaming climate change for the rain too. Oh, uh, you go, yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> we got to pay extra. We don't even get the lap dancers for this one. I'd be fine with him making that's it rain. Send some girls over to my table. You know what I'm saying, Jerome? Yes, sir. Never seen nothing like it. That's crazy. I'd expect this out of Bill Clinton making it rain like that. (laughs) Yeah, but he then forgot about it by morning, you know. (laughs) You can't. That's the funny thing. Joe can't even get mad at him because he doesn't remember going to the strip club. So it's like, how do you yell at him? Comes home with the glitter all over his body. And let's be clear, he's only there at the strip club to visit Hunter's baby mama. So you can't get that mad at him. 
Jerome. What you do when he goes home and smells like a stripper? <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> I, I have some methods. Hey, I, I got one more. Go ahead. I got one more thing I want to say. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to Fauci gets in front of uh, Rand Paul oh. and and uh, yep. Senator Kennedy mm-hmm. every day for the rest of his life. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know he thinks he's going to have a quiet retirement hanging out on MSNBC. Oh, yeah. But the subpoenas I are coming. I totally upset. I know. They could put that on, they could put that on pay-per-view. I'd pay to watch that. That's going to be good. I would pay, too. All right. I well, would pay, too. Me, you, and Biden because will go to the— there's one thing— Go ahead. There's one thing I can't stand. That's a thief and a liar. And he's lied to us the whole time, and he stole their lives from us. Yes, well, you're talking about strip clubs. He made some pharmaceutical money. He could show us a good night on the town. Would you forgive him if he took us to Flash Dancers? Uh, Maybe. The the only thing is you'd have to wear a mask (laughs) in the champagne room. (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. Well, I'll, I'll let you know if he calls. Have your mask ready just in case, okay? Okay, I'll give you my number so you call me. All right, rock and roll. We'll see you soon, Jerome. <laughs> Be well, brother. There he goes, the great Jerome in Midland, Texas. Yeah, nobody's sad to see Fauci go. Nobody's sad. And nobody will be sad to see Biden go when he announces right after the midterms that he's not running again. Just understand me. I'm telling you this just person to person. I'm not saying he's a Republican or a Fox News host. There's no world. None. Zero zip zilch where he's running again. Okay? He's historically unpopular, Joe Biden. The spending is out of control. And making it worse, Biden is supposed to issue a decision tomorrow on student loan forgiveness. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And and why is it so stupid? Because we've got a study out from the Penn Wharton School of Business that tells us student loan forgiveness, okay, 70% of the forgiveness would go to the top 70% of income earners in this country. So the top 70%, the rich— the rich are going to get $10,000 worth of student loan forgiveness at the expense of the poor. This is total crap. I mean, really think about that. You're going to pay, okay, for somebody else's college loan. You didn't take out the loan. You might have went to college, paid off your own loan, but you didn't take out this loan. But again, they want to pass you the bill and say that it's, well, it's in the name of equity. It's in the name of giving people a break who need it. Stop lying to us. They're lying to you. Okay, do you understand? The upper 70% of income earners are getting the bailout. That's who's getting the student loan forgiveness. So this is the equivalent of you getting a bill from Applebee's for a meal you didn't even eat. Didn't even eat the, you didn't even eat the meal. Okay, you didn't even eat the meal at Applebee's, and now you're getting a bill, and they don't even throw in a chicken finger. They don't even throw in a potato skin. And making it even more infuriating is that the gender studies major you're bailing out is actually working at that Applebee's. (laughs) I mean, we're laughing. Why? Because if we didn't, we'd go nuts. That's the whole point of this show. The country's on fire. It is. That's the bad news. The good news is you can grab a stick and you can roast some radio marshmallows right here again with me tomorrow because that's what we do. And if you can't wait that long, watch me on Kennedy tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a wild one. And buy some tickets to see me at the Carson Nugget, ccnugget.com if you're into that sort of thing. Either way, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a...
I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.